It's time for Dishing Up Nutrition with licensed nutritionist Darlene Kavist. Each week, Darlene explains the connection between what you eat and how you feel. Stay tuned to hear practical, real-life solutions for healthier living through good nutrition. Dishing Up Nutrition is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. Slow down, you move too fast. You got so, welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. I'm Darlene Kavist, licensed nutritionist and certified nutrition specialist. Joining me today as our co-host is Leah Wetzel. She's also a licensed nutritionist, a certified nutrition specialist, yes, a mama of who? Of Oliver. Of Oliver. What a great name he is. <laughs> age <laughs> three. Age three. <laughs> so today we are going to discuss autoimmune conditions, especially that autoimmune com- um, condition called MS. Yep. So, you know, in the past shows, like in on May 12th, we talked about this before. And we called it Nutrition Support for Symptoms of MS. Right. And we interviewed Tina Beeler. She's got a great story. She does. Mm-hmm. And she used nutrition to put her MS into remission. That's, yeah. And, and we've had a few other people that have used, you know, nutrition and their MS has gone into actually remission. Right. So that was a great show. It was a great show. And Tina has been really in remission. I believe it's been for eight years That's now. That's amazing. And, you know, we understand there are many different degrees of MS, and what might work for one might not work for another person. Right. So as nutritionists, we do understand that certain foods, and that's probably a new thought for a lot of people, yes, can and often put stress on the body and on that healing process. Exactly. Exactly. Well, hi, Dar. It's oh, great to morning. be here with you today. <laughs> Always a good time. Uh, yeah, and I want to tell you about two foods, you know, that I would say for the best results to get rid of are sugar and trans fats. So, Leah, when you say sugar and trans fats, yeah. Well, well, what are people looking for? Well, you know, I think it's important to know that a lot of that is hidden in other foods. So we're, it could be in crackers. Crackers, yes. Could, a lot of crackers. Right. That's could right. Be, could be in muffins. Oh, definitely. That that coffee, not all coffee house muffins, but a lot but of them. But a lot, definitely. Mm-hmm. Or just even grocery store muffins. Exactly. Yep. Or breads even, you could find. Oh, a lot of breads. Yes. Yes. Not good. So, and what are they looking for? Um, on the labels to find out if, if something has a trans fat, you're looking for something right. that says hydrogenated or partially hydrogenated. Oil, okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then also maybe high fructose corn syrup. Yep, yeah, that's yeah. right, too. Okay. Yep. So two other foods that I often encourage people to avoid during that healing process are really common foods like grains. Right. Which is a surprise for a lot of people. Yep. And even dairy products. Mm-hmm. And I think you can relate to the dairy product product. Yep. Yep. Uh, and I grains, can't. too. And grains, too. Mm-hmm. Because it causes... For me, my autoimmune is asthma. And so by cutting those out, my asthma got a lot better. Yes. Actually went away. So I think we understand that MS is a serious condition. Very serious. And we, as nutritionists, know avoiding certain foods seem to help many. Right. Right. So... What can you eat? Most meats and fish and good fats like olive oil, coconut oil, butter, and avocados are Uh, wonderful. Wonderful, yes. But avoid any products that are bad fats. And those, and Leo has already said this, it's like partially hydrogenated oil. Right. You know, these fats don't 
they don't support the production of that myelin sheaf that's right. around your nerves. And we're going to talk more about that. Yep. Later. Yep. Yeah. So partially hydrogenated soybean oil is really bad. And also the cottonseed version to the cottonseed oil is really bad oil. So you need to check your labels and you need to avoid these fats. So every time you think about, you know, buying something, and I see this at the store, a lot of people are really looking at labels now. Right. And they're saying, no, I'm not going to buy that if it's got partially hydrogenated Soybean oil or cottonseed oil, they just stay away from it. Right. And of course, we say eating a variety of vegetables, 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 vegetables. Mm -hmm. And again, we think organic if possible. Right. They are full of nutrients. And frankly, we like to keep it simple. So, you know, last night. Yeah. For dinner, what'd you have? I had, you know, those little broccoli things. It was baby broccolis. I love those. And, They're good. And then I grilled some wild-caught salmon. Oh, wow. I think that meal took me maybe five minutes. Nice. And it was perfect. I mean, it was perfectly balanced. And, of course, I put some butter on, on the broccoli. On the broccoli, of course. And, you know, a little olive oil on the fish. And yeah. It was perfect. Nice. But it was simple. Exactly. And it's really helpful to keep things as simple as you can, yes, right? Yes, especially when you have a chronic illness. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. We all know when people have chronic illnesses that it's it's really important to keep your food simple. But we also know that because food is key to recovery, their eating and food choices need to take a priority. Right. And a personal cook would be really nice if possible. And, you know, I, I think sometimes that's even a new thought. A lot of people can afford to have a personal cook. Yeah. But they have never thought about it. Right. But you can give them a recipe and say, this is what I want, and they can make it for you, and it's easy. Yep. So whatever works for people. Exactly. Yep. And as nutritionists, we know that cereal and skim milk for breakfast is easy. But but... it's not healing. (laughs) That's right. So my standard is two eggs, spinach, sautéed in olive oil or coconut oil because it's healing. Right. And it's really delicious. And I don't know if you know this, but my secret weapon for constipation is sautéed spinach. Yes. And it works fantastic. Yes. That's really great. That's great. You know, and thinking about lunch, you know, a sub sandwich is easy, but not healing. But if you take that same concept and make it into a big salad with a variety of vegetables. Yes. And a big chunk of wild-caught salmon. Yeah. And great olive oil dressing. Right. It's healing. That's right. That's right. Um, in a big plate of pasta for dinner, maybe, is easy, but not. it's so inflammatory, so it's not good. Like the macaroni and cheese yeah. is easy. Right. So a better meal would be ground a ground beef patty, which I do quite often. Mm-hmm. But it's, you know, it's grass-fed right. ground beef patty. Mm-hmm. And a side of green beans and a half of sweet potato. And, of course, you're going to use either olive oil or butter on the sweet potato. Correct. And it's got a lot of great nutrients. That's right. That's right. And lots of water to drink. It's very important to keep hydrated. So no soda and no juice. And dart, I think one of the most healing things, you know, that you could consume is bone broth, which I just made. You week. make bone broth a lot. I do almost and, every week. You know, it's so popular now. Yeah, I've seen articles. it is. I've heard it on the radio. Leah, you have a really easy way to make bone broth. Because I do. Because my way takes a long time. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, I mean, it does take some time yeah. in the cooking process, but I really keep it simple. I usually, in my freezer, I keep a stockpile of uh, bones, which you can get a lot of the co-ops around the area. In the freezer section, they'll, they'll have beef bones or chicken bones. Or, or if people are listening and they live in Montana... They go to their butcher shop. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and uh, through the week that I'm going to do a broth, I just stockpile the ends of my carrots, onions, and celery, and my stems of my kale, and I just pile it up in a container in the refrigerator, and I throw that all into my crock pot with the bones, yeah. usually a pound, at least a pound of bone. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a large crock pot that I use for it. Okay. Fill it up with water, put some um, vinegar water, so I do apple cider vinegar, usually a couple tablespoons of that. Okay. Turn it on low. Voila. Wow, that's great. Yeah. So, and I usually cook it for about 12, maybe 24 hours. Depends on. You know, when I have chronically ill people, I have them, if they can, make the bone broth because I know it's high in minerals. Yes. But you use it for another reason. For me, you know, as I think it's a great for just general use. I use it a lot for as a replacement for coffee and that, you know, maybe something I want to drink, a hot beverage in the afternoon. Perfect. I love it. And, you know, if you drink it at night, it's probably just going to help you sleep better. Yes. Perfect. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, we've, we've been talking about MS. Yes. And when I think about it for the last 15 years. Yes. The person that I always think about with MS is Dr. Terry Walls. Yeah. And uh, I know we're going to have Terry join us in just a few minutes. Yes, we are. But we do have to take a break first, right? We do. We okay. do, which is great. And I'm really excited to have Terry on the show today for us. So uh, you're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. We are discussing the importance of good nutrition with autoimmune conditions such as MS. So questions about MS today, give us a call in the studio at 651-641-1071. But welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. If you have a chronic health problem, the question is always, how can you eat, how can you learn to eat better? Or how can you eat better? You know, some people like to work one-on-one with a nutritional weight and wellness nutritionist. They meet monthly and they make changes. Right. Some people like to take class series such as the weight and wellness or the nutrition for weight loss Mm -hmm. and they make changes. And we have both of those classes starting in March. So if you want to sign up, call 651-699-3438, or you can go online at weightandwellness.com. And for listeners in the Blaine, Forest Lake, Stacy, Cambridge, Isanti, all those areas, Elk River, right? we have a new Nutrition for Weight Loss class in Blaine starting on Tuesday night, March 8th. That's great. And that's from 6 to 7. And also, we have a new series starting April 14th in New Richmond, Wisconsin. So what we're doing is we're bringing the classes to the people. Yeah. And we really are trying to reach out and help people learn this information and make it convenient for them. That's great. So that's so I think one of the things now we get to bring on our guests. Yes. Uh, you know, I was talking before that, you know, I everything I've ever since I've heard about MS, maybe 15 years ago. Yeah. Terry Walls' number and and, uh, Dr. Terry Walls' name came up. And so we're really pleased and honored to have Dr. Terry Walls join us today on Dishing Up Nutrition. You know, if you haven't heard of Dr. Terry Walls, let me fill you in. Dr. Terry Walls is a clinical professor of medicine at the University of Iowa and the director of extended care and rehab services with the Veterans Affairs Iowa City Healthcare System. Wow. Yeah. 
I think what really makes Dr. Wall special is she is also a patient mm-hmm. with secondary progressive multiple sclerosis, which is MS. Right, right. So, well, welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. Dar and I met you, Dr. Terry Walls, at the American College of Nutrition Conference last fall in November in Florida. And we really, really enjoyed your presentation. And we enjoyed being able to sit around and talk to you afterwards, yes. too. Yes. So, Dr. Walls, thank you and welcome. And well, we would love to hear, and our listeners would love to hear your story. Sure, sure. Well, first, thank you so much for coming to uh, the college yes. uh, last year. I had a great time. And um, uh, let me quickly summarize my experience. I uh, am a conventional doc, and uh, when I was diagnosed with MS, I still thought that drugs were the way to go. Uh, I knew that within 10 years of diagnosis, half of those newly diagnosed with MS will be unable to work due to severe fatigue. So and that, a third that, uh, will have uh, problems with uh, walking, needing a cane, walker, or a wheelchair. So, Terry, just to stop, you said... A half of the people that had been di- that were are diagnosed in how many years they would be within ten within ten uh, years fifty percent would be so tired they couldn't work absolutely yeah. and then it's thir- the leading cause of dis- uh, disability uh, for young people with neurologic problems. Wow, and Terry, you uh, I'm right as far as you've had MS for how many years again? Well, I was diagnosed in 2000, so that would have been 16 years ago. Wow. Okay. Uh, in retrospect, I had symptoms beginning uh, in uh, probably 1980, maybe as early as 1978. And you're still so, working. <laughs> yes. You know, and actually, and I worked through all of this, even though I was wheelchair dependent within three years. Okay. And, uh, you know, when I hit the wheelchairs, when like, uh, it was apparent that drugs were not going to stop my slide. Right. into a bedridden and potentially demented life. So what did and you so, do? <laughs> well, um, I began reading a lot of basic science uh, mouse studies uh, <laughs> about MS and yeah. Parkinson's and uh, Lou Gehrig's disease, ALS, uh, Huntington's, and began using experimenting on myself based on what I was reading about. Uh, so I was adding vitamins and supplements, and, and I seemed to be slowing the speed of my decline. I uh, also was exposed to uh, uh, the writings of Dr. Uh, Cordain, Lauren Cordain. Mm-hmm. So I sure. switched after 20 years of being a vegetarian oh. and went back to eating meat. But I you know, still de- was still declining. There was no dramatic recovery. Um, and then in 2007, I was so weak, I, I really couldn't sit up in a regular chair anymore. I had a recliner at work where I could uh, recline with my knees as high as my nose um, <laughs> or I was in bed. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, and I was beginning to lose my keys, my phone, my chief of staff, uh, and I talked. It was pretty clear I was going to be having to take medical disability uh, probably uh, in, the, in the relatively near future. And that uh, summer I discovered the Institute for Functional Medicine uh, and took their course on neuroprotection uh, which really deepened my understanding, expanded my thinking a bit more. Uh, And so I actually now had a much longer list of vitamins and supplements that I was taking. And then I had, which would be completely obvious to you ladies, uh, (laughs) and that was, you know, I should figure out 
were the all these things I was taking in pill form where it was in the food supply. Yes, right. uh, exactly. So, of course, that took a little more research, but by uh, December I had identified what were the foods I really wanted to be emphasizing. Because I'd already taken out all grain, all legumes, mm-hmm. uh, all dairy. Okay. Uh, but so I, I had reorganized my diet and started this new way of uh, much more structured eating plan in January. So you went to uh, nutrition. I went to food. Yes. When we say nutrition, we automatically think food. Yeah. We don't think well, supplements. Right. But, yeah. You know. Too many people think supplements. You know? oh, yeah. so I, I, that's I, a good I, catch, Terry. Yes. Yep. yep. So I got into food. And uh, within three months, my uh, brain fog was gone. My wow. severe fatigue was gone. I was beginning to walk around the hospital uh, with, a, uh, with a cane, then without a cane. Uh, at nine months, I got up on my bike and pedaled around the block. Uh, that was actually Mother's Day. Oh, and, that's awesome. Um, you know, I'm crying. My kids are crying. Uh, and that, that was at the moment where I realized Nobody knew, because with progressive MS, when you're in the secondary progressive phase, there's no more spontaneous improvements. Right. Uh, my physicians had long told me that functions once lost were gone forever. Uh, so uh, my physician and you proved and I were, them wrong, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. And, yes. uh So you know he's thrilled. Well, we get an yes. MRI of my brain. Uh, there's no change in the lesions. Right. But clearly, my brain and spinal cord are rewiring themselves. Because now uh, I could walk in the neighborhood, I'm biking, and uh, at a year, I do a 20-mile bike ride with Wow. Uh, and so this really changes how oh. I'm thinking about everything. Yeah. Everything, yes. how I think about disease and health. Um, it will change the research that I do. I uh, begin talking to my patients about food, about the quality of their diet, their toxin exposures, their stress levels, their activity level. And I begin teaching them how to use diet and lifestyle. Now, my medical partners think, like, this is really strange. Uh, so they complain. I have to go see the chief of staff. And he and I have a long conversation. And I uh, bring uh, to him the 85 papers that you know, I'm using to make it clear that what I'm doing is, is the latest science. Right. So he ultimately becomes uh, a big champion. The, well, uh, you know, I think a lot of times, Terry... It comes from the patient, and they make the changes, and they get better. And that's, you know, so if you can even affect one or two people, because you ended up writing a book, didn't you? So I, I wrote a book, uh, The Walls Protocol, which has been a huge bestseller. Yeah, it's I great. I also uh, did a TED Talk, which it has, when I last looked at it, like 2.3 or 2.4 million views, yes. uh, where I tell my story, and I'm a big champion of feeding for your mitochondria and your cells. Yeah. Uh, and that, I'm sure, has driven many conversations in doctors' offices. Uh, people have a neurological problem or any kind of chronic disease saying, well, what about that doctor? Right. You know, who got out of the wheelchair on her, on her bike using food. Right. Right. So I think uh, I'm getting a signal from Leah that we've got to, Terry, we've got to take a little break. But we okay. want, you know, and well, so... We, 
Go ahead, Leah. I was going to say, when we come back, maybe get into a little bit more about specifically what are the things that you're eating and what made that big difference exactly. with getting you out of that wheelchair with food. So we'd love to get in those details. Right, because listeners really want to know not so much the science, but how did you do it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So you're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. If you have questions for Dr. Terry Walls today, please give us a call in the studio at 651-641-1071. Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. We're discussing multiple sclerosis, also called, also called MS, with Dr. Terry Walls. MS is a disease in which the immune system eats away at the protective covering of the nerves and the nerve impulses are disrupted. So if people have questions for Terry, it's 651-641-1071. And I think, you know, Leah, as nutritionists, yeah. we know foods and diet can help many people with autoimmune systems. Um, You know, we as nutritionists can help them change their diet Mm -hmm. and keep the sugar out because that's key, keeping the sugar out. Yep. But Terry, as a medical doctor, she was able to get grants to conduct research. Right. Which is always nice because I think a lot of, not everyone, but a lot of people, they want to hear that research. Exactly. And Terry, you... Also, recently, I believe, have a new clinical trial. You got a grant for a new clinical trial comparing low-fat diets, maybe. I hope I'm yeah, right so, on this. With uh, this y- your... Swank diet. And the then, Swank diet was the yes. first diet that was uh, advocated by Dr. Swank for people with MS. And he had some very nice clinical results with that, uh, helping people who followed the Swank diet, they were much more likely to still be walking and still working uh, 10, 20, 30 years later. But probably, I don't know, Terry, if this is right, but I bet his diet included a lot of vegetables. It may have been low fat. Actually, no, it did not. did not, not. okay. It did not. Okay. Okay. He zeroed in on uh, a teaspoon of cow liver oil Mm. and less than... a teaspoon of saturated fat uh, oh. in the whole day. Oh, my gosh. Okay. And that, then that's what he was focusing on. And that, that was the measure of were you compliant or not. Uh, and, he, and he publishes uh, some very nice results. Mm-hmm. The criticism is that it was never randomized. It was simply a patient registry. Okay. But since he followed them till they died, uh, or 50 years, it's a very powerful uh, information. Sure. So we're, we're comparing that diet and uh, my diet yeah, and there's a lot of people who want to do uh, dietary interventions for MS that really have been asking for this very research to happen. Okay. So uh, we're recruiting, uh, and uh, uh, the uh, email from my clinical coordinator is Catherine Chenard, so Catherine with a C hyphen Chenard, C-H-E-N-A-R-D at U-Iowa. So, Terry, when you are thinking about comparing the two different diets, the low-fat versus your protocol, can tell tell listeners how many uh, tablespoons or teaspoons of fat that you recommend for in your well, protocol, basically, so, kind of round it so, out. Uh, you know, I've never really thought about it that way uh, because I, I stress you're eating uh, vegetables, you know, not, uh, six to nine cups, depending on your size and gender. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then I want you to have 6 to 12 ounces of uh, meat, meat uh, mm-hmm. okay. or fish. 
Okay. Preferably grass-fed or wild-caught, wild fish, uh, wild game. Uh, then you can have uh, clarified butter uh, uh, as you would like, uh, olive oil cold as you would like. Uh, and I encourage uh, a teaspoon of cod liver oil uh, mm-hmm. every day uh, in addition, you know, taking care of your vitamin D. So, uh, you, you know, I think when people are thinking as far as when I, you know, because I've been working with clients for, say, 35 years or so, and I think when we say just use just use olive oil or just use butter or use, you know, any of these coconut oils or any of those kinds of oils, um, people typically use, you know, two teaspoons to a tablespoon of good fat per meal. And they don't really have to measure it. It just seems appropriate for people. Mm-hmm. And um, they get, you know, they get enough fat into their diet that way. Correct. So, you know, I, I really focus on what I want you to measure are your vegetables. Yeah. And to get enough vegetables in. I yeah. think. And then you can, uh, and I want you to have at least six ounces of meat or fish so we have enough protein in. And then you can have fat according to your taste as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. We just have to be careful that it's, you know, good for you fat, so animal fats uh, or olive oil, uh, cold, if you right. the olive oil. Um, uh, some uh, diets uh, involve a lot of measuring, calorie counting, grams of this or that counting. And that's too uh, complex for most that's, people. That, that's too hard. I, I just want people to eat uh, yeah. lots of vegetables. Yeah, like big platefuls. Uh, you say three have, platefuls a day we talk a lot yeah. about. Yeah. You know, it, and it should be... Green leafy, right. should be about a third of your vegetables. Sulfur-rich vegetables, and I'm very specific about cabbage family, onion family, mushroom family, because those three families of vegetables uh, interact with our genes mm-hmm. uh, in a very special way that help me process and eliminate toxins more effectively, will help me make cellular uh, enzymes more effectively, and will help me make uh, a bunch of the brain uh, uh, biochemical uh, neurochemistry and brain structures that I need. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, when when you were doing your research to kind of figure out what are these foods that I need to be eating to get the nutrients that you were looking at in supplements, there's a lot within these these vegetables that you found. Oh, exactly. Right. So, so I think, Terry, Dr. Terry, uh, maybe just because, you know, listeners are listening, but I think maybe go over the sulfur-rich vegetables again. Yes. Oh, I mean, absolutely. we talk about it, but yep. then you have to think about all the listeners again. So, uh, in a very simple way, the stuff that gives you really uh, smelly gas <laughs> is usually the stuff that has sulfur in it. Okay, but so I, those I, would very, be, again? Uh, the cabbage family. Yeah, yeah so, so cabbage, red cabbage, broccoli, green cabbage, broccoli. Radishes, uh, broccoli, turnips, rutabagas. Uh, and then the uh, onions, mm-hmm. garlics, uh, shallots. Uh, mm-hmm. chives, uh, and then uh, mushrooms, and all of the edible mushrooms um, actually have a number of things that are really quite uh, good for us. You know, and sometimes yeah. I think people really have to sit down with a knowledgeable nutritionist or other practitioner right. to how are you going to include those foods? And I know one of the ways I do it is I put them in soups. You know, and I use the bone broth. Yeah, that's right. And, yep. oh, and yeah. then that's a great way to get it in. Mm-hmm. And you've always got that soup ready to go. Exactly. You know, you know and uh, in, our, in our classes uh, that I teach here at the VA, uh, we spend a fair amount of time uh, cooking uh, with our vets. Oh, that's mm-hmm. great. We also uh, 
uh, spend a fair amount of time reimagining what breakfast will look like, mm-hmm. uh, reimagining uh, what our lunches look like, right. um, if I'm going to have a snack, uh, what kinds of things uh, can I have. Uh, and I, I'll, I'll tell you, it is a stunner when we tell people, you know what, if you have uh, bacon from healthy pigs, uh, it's actually quite good for you. Yeah, right. And tasty. Gluten-free bacon. Yeah. Yep. Fry up a couple uh, slices, leave the fat in the skillet, dump in, uh, a, you know, a mess of greens. Right. Turn off your fire, stir it around a little bit. Yep. And then if, it, if that's not tasty, just add a couple more pieces of bacon next time. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> because uh, and my vet's like, oh, my God, that actually does sound yeah. good. Yeah. Yes. Uh, my, so, my daughter has a favorite saying, which uh, actually I like a great deal, and that is bacon will fix any vegetable mom. (laughs) That's kind of one of our sayings, too, Tara. Yes. Yeah. You know, because uh, uh, some fat, saturated fat, really cuts the bitterness uh, in for young children. Yep, Uh, yep. It's the bitterness, it's that alkalinity that makes the vegetables difficult to eat. And when we got this anti-fat craze that took fat out, yeah. it made the vegetables far more bitter yep. and much more difficult to introduce uh, into young palates. Yeah. My son will eat anything with bacon. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so one of the things, Terry, is that I think, and I want to kind of get back to this because we can talk about all this great food that people should be eating, but then that that nasty sugar cravings come up. and. You know, and what yeah. they end up doing is grabbing sugar or something with trans fats. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it, and we it, know it, that that's inflammatory. Yeah. We're, we're, we're all programmed, uh, all of us, uh, to have uh, a uh, craving uh, for sugar when we eat sugar. Sugar a- activates um, the amygdala in our pleasure centers. Uh, and if you did a PET scan of me doing cocaine, and a PET scan of me having my sugar rush, yes. the same parts of my brain light up. Yeah. Yes, that's right. So yeah. most of us are addicted to sugar, right? to white flour, uh, and we're also, by the way, probably addicted to the protein in uh, many of these ancient grains known as gluten, mm-hmm. right. and that gluten can be very inflammatory. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we, we do talk about food addictions, and I say, you know, uh, if you're going to be successful, you have to treat this like an addiction and get it out of your eating environment. You know, we talk the same language. <laughs> we really do. Because when I'm talking with people with chronic yeah. illness, and it's a sugar it's a sugar addiction, right. treat it as an addiction. And we kind of know the longer you're away from sugar, flour, gluten, all these trans the fats, cravings go away. the cravings seem to decrease. Right. Unless you see that product, and then your brain goes... <laughs> and then you want it again. And but, it's in your mouth before you know it. Yeah. Right. Right. But, you know, one of the things that I find, and this, it's, it's like when people actually do pull these things out of their diet. Yep. And they have less symptoms. Yes. You know, if they've got MS and they're less dizzy, wow, that's really powerful. And then they say to themselves, you know, sugar is my enemy. I'm not going to eat it. And that's part of controlling the addiction, I believe. Yeah, and it seems to help, right? Um, you know, we yeah. we also know if they we get their intestinal tract balanced better with some good bifidobacteria, that they seem to have less cravings. Uh, it you know we 
I think we all do a lot of different things to help people with sugar and bad fat cravings. Right. Right. So, uh, and uh, uh, helping them, I, I think one of the most important things, people have to understand why they're going to do this so they're willing to do the work, experience the withdrawal, yeah. have the suffering, get their family on board, because if you're going to take all this food out of your eating environment, oh, right. that means you got to get it's everybody in your family mm-hmm. willing exactly. to have it out of their environment, at least when they're with you. Exactly. Uh, and so... Uh, that's a, a, a big challenge. Uh, but what I certainly find uh, in my clinical trials and in my clinics, uh, those who have families willing to do that uh, are successful. Right. And uh, we see you know, these dramatic uh, health improvements in our uh, patients in my clinic and in our clinical trial. And we see the family members. Uh, also often experiencing these Health dramatic uh, healing stories as well. Yes. You know, one of the things I think, Terry, is that it becomes something that is going to reduce symptoms and not just, it's not just one of these, quote, weight loss diet things. Right. You know, and yeah. so people, uh, so many people are, that's all they, that they can think of is nutrition means starvation or something like that. And yeah, we're well, saying the, more nutrients to heal. Correct. Um uh, we want, uh, I tell you, if you're hungry, it's fine to eat. You just have to eat lots of vegetables and a little bit of meat. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah, I think and, and so if you're hungry, yes, eat. Eat. My expectation is uh, that you should eat. That's right. Well, you know, it's break time again, so we're going to take a short break and get back to our subject uh, today. And you're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition and how important we're listening to the show and how important nutrition is when you have MS or other autoimmune conditions. And before we go on break, I want to thank all my co-hosts and hosts that helped me out for the last month with Dishing Up Nutrition. Yes. Yep. It's good to be back today. It's good to have you back, Dawn. But it was such a blessing to have the other nutritionists take over, and they turned out great shows. Yeah. And thank you, everyone. Right. I so appreciated it. Thanks. All we'll right, be right we'll, back. Right. Well, welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. I'm pleased to announce we have scheduled a menopause seminar on Saturday, March 19th. From 10.30 to 3.30. You know, if you're looking for a natural way to manage hot flashes, mood swings, insomnia, weight gain without HRT, hormone replacement therapy, this is a seminar for you. If you're in perimenopause, menopause, or even postmenopause, you will learn valuable information. You know, I'll be teaching along with my co-teacher, Chris Knavel, and we'll even provide an organic lunch and snacks. And so if you're interested, just call our number, 651-699-3438. And, of course, you can go on our website, weightandwellness.com. And, Leah, we had a great question. We did, yeah. A caller didn't want to come on the air, but he had a question. He or she had a question. Yeah, go ahead. You want me to, so, uh, Dr. Terry Walsh, he, the question that uh, the caller had was, what is the effects of alcohol and MS? Uh, alcohol is well known to be uh, toxic to brain cells. Mm. Toxic um, to brain cells. I love yes, the way you said that. <laughs> now, I, I would also observe that the epidemiology, however, tells us if you have zero alcohol, your mortality rate is slightly higher than if you have uh, one or two glasses of wine a week. Mm. I really question those. <laughs> well, you know, uh, you know, you know who's, it's, it's who's, surprising. 
Uh, and no one, no one has a good explanation for why that is. Yeah. And, you so know, my advice is, if you're comfortable yeah. being uh, no alcohol, that's great. If you want to have alcohol, uh, limit it to no more than one or two glasses of wine per week, no more. And maybe that's the factor, Terry, because it's like once people start drinking the wine, it doesn't stop with one, one or two. <laughs> yeah, or two, or, a four-ounce yeah. glass. Yeah, yeah. Right. And so we're really talking about the amount of alcohol people drink, and it's, I mean, it has to increase symptoms of MS. Yeah. There's no question. What I would rather have people do is drink something like kombucha, which is fermented tea, right. which yeah. may have a trace, a tiny, tiny amount of alcohol. Yeah. Uh, and that's going to be okay. And actually, that may shift your... Um, metabolism, so you aren't making any uh, formaldehyde. Yes, right. Um, or so, even even Leah's bone broth. My bone broth. Yes. <laughs> well, uh, I think bone broth is the elixir of the gods. Yeah, right. So this right. is really really good good for us. <laughs> yeah, right. So you know, kind of going back to nutrition, we know that MS or any chronic autoimmune disease is an ongoing health problem. Right. And we have to eat. Yeah. You know. It, we have to continue to eat that will support health and not tear it down, basically. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So, you know, people may be saying to themselves, really, what is MS? So, Terry, let's explain about the lesions on the spinal sure. cord in the brain. So, uh, what we know is that people with MS will have acute infl- inflammatory lesions on the brain in the spinal cord that are damaging the brain and spinal cord. Mm -hmm. Uh, These lesions will come and go. Uh, If they're there uh, for uh, more than two years, uh, that's not going to go away. So, Terry, Uh, I'm going to stop you just there, because a lot of listeners have no idea what a lesion is. Oh, sure. So this (laughs) is a, a, thank you, a collection of of, of immune cells that are damaging the insulation uh, around the nerve cell wiring uh, between cells, and that uh, those immune cells are attacking and destroying uh, part of the transmission lines. And sometimes your body's able to heal and repair that, and you get your function back. That's called the uh, remission. Uh, things get worse. That's called the relapse. Mm-hmm. The vast majority of people are diagnosed in this relapsing, remitting phase, but within 10 years, the vast majority will move into the progressive phase, which is uh, where I am, where there's no more spontaneous repair and there really are no drugs that have been approved and shown to restore function once you're in that progressive phase. Now, there's there's also another part of MS which is now getting a lot of attention, and that is the fact that the mitochondria uh, is being damaged, and so there's this steady uh, loss of brain cells, loss of wiring called neurodegeneration. Mm-hmm. So again, uh, Terry, again, most people have no yeah. idea what mitochondria is. And I know in, yeah. our, you know, <laughs> in our, our classes, so, we, we just say it's the inside part of your cells that give you energy. Right. Yeah. You know, the, uh, one and a half billion years ago, all life was one cell size. Right. And uh, when we had an overabundance of oxygen... Uh, because uh, uh, photosynthesis for the first time, 90% of the bacteria died off. Uh, there was a, a, a mutation that allowed uh, one bacteria to be able to handle this oxygen very effectively and how it managed 
to use that oxygen to create uh, uh, energy from the uh, sugar molecules. Those ancient bacteria were swallowed up by bigger bacteria, and they developed a very cooperative relationship. So our mitochondria are really these ancient bacteria. That's amazing. Yeah, it's amazing to think of that way. It's mitochondria that allowed us to become multicellular and then become animals and, of course, primates and eventually humans. And all of our cells have uh, some of these ancient mitochondria, these ancient bacteria that help us run uh, the energy supply much more efficiently. Right. Yes. So, Terry, there's a couple of things that I think we should just kind of get to is, um, and you talked about it a little bit with cod liver oil, and we know that omega-3 fatty acids are, they kind of make up, they help make up that myelin sheaf. And right. so we know that good fats are really important, we believe at least, as nutritionists. Yeah. And we know that that myelin sheaf is often made up of a special kind of an omega-3 called DHA. And uh, you know, Right. We, so DHA, docosahexaenoic acid, EPA, eicosapentaenoic acid, and then uh, the omega-6 version, arachidonic acid, are all uh, concentrated in our brain, in our myelin, in our eyes. They should be at a ratio uh, with about three uh, arachidonic acids for every... Uh, single omega three that's EPA or DHA. But yeah, for most and people, when we, eat when, when, when far we too, yeah, far when too we, much. When uh, we, when you know, for just general listeners, they, you know, I think it's a good idea to just say, you know, where do you get those? You get those so, from eating wild caught salmon, right? Yeah, you know, you know? and grass fed meat, and yeah. grass fed meat. Yep, and they actually, they both contain that that wonderful DHA. Yep. They're a little more expensive to buy, but it's the grass that helps and the Help algae that. that helps make that DHA. Exactly. Yeah. It, one of the things we told, we, uh, you know, because my patients don't, a lot, a lot of my folks don't have money. Yeah. Uh, they're, uh, you know, really struggling financially. Mm-hmm. So we talk about how to make, do this more affordably. Right. You know, hunting, fishing. Yes. Gardening. Right. Cooking. You exactly. have to That's prepare great. your own food. That's great. And I think that's the, it, the most important part for budget. people. Yeah. So you take, you stop getting food that's harmful for you. Instead of going out for a uh, $4 coffee, yeah. you can make your, make your own uh, hot beverages at home and take that, all the food you used to spend on your alcohol, your restaurant, your fast food, that becomes your grocery money yep. for buying food. And, uh, you know, cooking food, uh, using your crock pot. Yes. Uh, my, my pets tell me this does not have to cost more money, but you do have to cook. Yes. Right. And you're, right. you're probably saving money on uh, prescriptions. So, so Terry, well, yeah. you know, it, I'm just watching the clock. Yeah, and unfortunately, I just, we're running we, out of time. We're running out of time, and I want to make sure that people know. How to reach you. Yes. So uh, go to my website, terrywalls.com. I, I want to be sure your listeners know that every summer in August, uh, we have a three-day seminar yes, uh, where I great. teach all these concepts. Uh, this year, we're going to have uh, a health professional workshop. And uh, for all the listeners who are nutrition experts, and I hope there are many, we're offering a certification program oh, great. Uh, to teach people how to teach others 
how to use my uh, dietary and lifestyle interventions. Yeah. And so the certification program would work for nutrition professionals, health and wellness coaches, uh, and, of course, uh, physicians and other licensed medical prov- uh, providers like PAs, NPs, chiropractors, and, and I th- I, Yeah, I think introducing a lot of different people to this concept that uh, nutrition, the food that you eat, is so critical for any kind of autoimmune disease. Right. And wherever that happens is great, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And your book, too? What is the name of your book? So the name of the book is The Walls Protocol. Yep. My website is that uh, Terry Walls, T-E-R-R-Y, Walls, W-A-H-L-S, dot com. Great. I'm on Facebook, Terry Walls, M-D, and on Twitter, uh, Terry Walls. <laughs> awesome. That's great. So, everyone, thank you for listening to Dishing of Nutrition. You know, if you found this show valuable, please share it with a friend or a family member. Our message each week is how eating real food supports your health. It's a simple message. Yes. But powerful message. Be sure to tune in next week to listen to Cara, Kate, and Marcy discuss perimenopause and answer the question, am I too young to have menopausal symptoms? And we want to thank you again, Terry, for being on the show with us today. We really appreciate you joining us. And thank you. We loved your presentation. Great job. Thanks. Thanks for listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. If you enjoy this podcast, please share your favorite episodes with a friend or leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or iHeartRadio. The content and opinions expressed are those of the hosts or presenters. They are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. Product statements have not been evaluated by the FDA.